You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Locked On Indians. I'm going to apologize if you have not read the headings. I recorded a show Wednesday night, got tired, still feeling a bit under the weather, as you can tell, and simply failed to upload it. So that is what occurred and why there was a gap in shows this week. I also apologize about sound. I'm kind of trying to mess with some things after getting some advice from a few people over at the network trying to get sound quality better on this show. So let's talk about what's happening around baseball. We have a few connections to former Indians. I have some overall thoughts on the Indians. We'll talk about some of the hottest rumors of late um, involving the Cleveland Indians. We'll talk about the uh, ever-shrinking free agent pool. So let's start with that. Uh, The starting pitching market, I've kind of gone on and on about how weak it is. Well, they took two big hits today um, with Julio Tehran signing with the Angels for one year, $9 million. Good deal for the Angels. He's a solid back-end type. He's going to make a total of $10 million this year because he had a, a $1 million buyout with the Braves on his contract, and that was a $12 million contract. Uh, so he does lose a bit, but a 2.4 war pitcher for his career, a 20.2, just steady. Uh, you can make him your fourth, make him your fifth, and just plug him in and forget about him. Uh, it's kind of surprising as I look through his numbers. It's like, wow, he's a two-time All-Star. Um, those seasons were not as good as they were probably represented in there. I mean, a 4.1 and 4.8, those are solid years. Um, age 23 and 25, he debuted at age 20. He is going to be 29 in January. So you're getting him for his entire age 29 year. That's a good get by the Angels. So I give them an A. You get him for under $9 million in a market where there's hardly anything left. $9 million for Julio Tehran. That's money well spent. And again, this is a guy who pretty much has not missed any time for injury. He has pitched in 30. He has started 30 games every single year since 2013. Six straight seasons of that. So you're getting reliability. You're getting someone who has had some high-end performance and someone who's still in their 20s. So big marks. The White Sox go out and add Gio Gonzalez. We don't have the numbers on Gio Gonzalez yet, uh, at least when I could find them. He had a 1.7 B-War a year ago, but it was only in 87 innings. He was really effective with the Brewers. Um, He started out the year injured, kind of bounced around a bit. I think he started with the Yankees. Eventually with Oakland, Oakland, with Milwaukee, he got in 17 starts. Uh, 19 games, 87.1 innings, a 4.04 whip, uh, 8 strikeouts per 9, 3.8 walks per 9. Uh, kind of some of that Brewers pitching magic. We'll see what he can do. Uh, we saw Jordan Lyles get paid after some of that uh, Brewers pitching magic. But especially if this is like a 4 or 5 $6 million contract, it's a pretty good gamble. I mean, I'd much rather just pay twice the amount and get Tehran because he's someone you can count on uh, very consistently. Gonzalez is going to be entering. He's going to turn 34. Um, and, well, he turned 34 in September. So you're getting a guy in his age 34 year coming off of injury concerns. Uh, not, I mean, again, money matters. It's not a terrible deal. He's well worth a gamble. You can never have enough left-handed starting pitching. Uh, he was actually drafted by the White Sox, but never played for them. And the starting pitching market just keeps getting, you know, it, of course it's going to shrink. Guy sign. There's less players out there. And when you get right down to it, it's you got Keiko and Ryu, and then after that, Rich Hill and Alex Wood, 
And then we got just a lot of Flotsam and Jetsam. I mean, there are essentially four starters left of note in uh, this writer's opinion. And Chicago could still use another arm, frankly. Uh, I mean, the Angels could potentially use, if they could get someone from the top, the Twins need two arms. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of teams with a need for pitching, and there are four guys left to chase. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out, how this all gets handled. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Let's put it that way, especially now that we've just kind of ripped the heart out of this market. Um, even in terms of like who is available out there, you know, the Kluber trade was one of those guys who did have some high-end ceiling left, and he's gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got Robbie Ray left to trade, and we got those four arms, but there is not much left. So let's talk about the Brewers. You know, they added Avisel Garcia. They added Eric Sogard. Again, I didn't track down money on that. Uh, added Justin Smoke for a mere $5 million today. When you look at what they've done with those players, um, trading for Omar Navarez, making that trade to get Luis Arias, that's a team that's been completely remade. Uh, they're going to have a much different roster than we've seen. They went out and also signed, you know, Brett Anderson and Josh Lindblom. I talked about the lack of depth, and they've kept their financial flexibility going forward and signed a bunch of players who can help them, almost all of them at a discount from where they were expected to sign. They had room. They went out, and they're using it. Uh, and they're not being, uh, they're not hanging around the corners. They're going out and getting talent to make their team better. I imagine Smoke will start at first. Uh, I was thinking Keston at second, but maybe, and then your shortstop's Arreus, so guard spend some time at third, maybe spend some time at second. Uh, you got Yelich in your outfield with Kane and Avisel Garcia. We'll see where Ryan Braun fits in. We'll see what else they decide to do. But yeah, it's going to be, the Brewers have gone out and kind of done it right by my opinion. They've helped, you know, they didn't have a lot in their minors. They've used free agency to help build that depth up which is what I would like to see the Indians do, but they're they're not doing that. Um, it, it's a pretty big concern for me at this point going forward, just because I know I've been as ardent a defender of the Dolans and the Indians front office as you can get, and I will still defend the front office to the hilt. There's a reason why so many guys get signed away. If you want to doubt the front office, I don't know how you can do that while looking at the pitching they've developed. Like, look at what they've done in terms of player development. Um... I don't always love their draft picks, but they've done some pretty fantastic things in terms of player development, their ability to scout, sign, and develop. I think the front office should have a free pass for a while. Problem is ownership, and I can't believe I've gotten here because I was always the one saying no one's going to spend here. doesn't matter who we get, but if the payroll stays where it is and they really had to cut payroll again uh, in the heart of what should be because you go all out knowing that, I mean, almost everyone has accepted cycles of competition. That you compete for a while, then you fall off. Then you compete and you fall off. And we're in this situation now where this is the heart of where they should be competing. Instead, we've seen the, the payroll drop and drop. And if the payroll continues to stay about where it is right now, I can't support the Dolans. Like, I can't. That's It's ridiculous, the situation it's in. I don't care. I've always talked about how crappy the attendance is. And that is an issue, but like, they're also the ones who made a lot of money because they made a TV network and then they sold the network. Now they got a terrible TV contract thanks to that sale, 
but they also made pure profit on making a network and selling it. They didn't buy a network first. They made a network, built it up, and sold it, and got a large amount of money from that. They also are billionaires who own a sports team, so they can afford to spend $100 million on a roster. That's just part of baseball anymore. And if you can't do that, then there's something wrong. Um, it's kind of like back in the day, like, how the heck did Art Modell lose money running a football team? That's physically impossible. If you can't run a $100 million payroll, um, you probably shouldn't own a baseball team. And what's, like I said, again, anyone who's followed for you for a while is probably has their hair blown back right now because time and time again, I have been a, a Dolan's defender to the hilt. But you get down to it, some of the really foolish statements he made a year ago, um, some of the, the choices they've made in terms of the cutting of a salary when they should be trying to go all in. It's just, even I am to the point where, as a fan of this team, I'm finding it frustrating. And I'm sure uh, the management has to find it frustrating as well. I mean, to be as handy, handcuffed as they've been, uh, it's crazy. Because I don't, I mean, I have to see the final numbers. And yes, it hurts they didn't make the playoffs this year and they didn't get that extra money from that. But this is still a team that, it's still a baseball team. Like, there's a lot of ways they're making money. You know, they get to play all their games and make all their money in a stadium that uh, they didn't have to pay for. Uh, the ownership, it was just there. And it's part of the value of the franchise. And there's a lot of reasons that owning a sports team is, it's never, it's always a great investment. It always appreciates in value. It always goes up. You're, uh, whatever you bought it for, you're going to sell it for more. Uh, they're great great shelters for your money because uh, you're going to get a good return on your investment and you're eventually going to get more than you uh, paid for it so yeah I'm I'm kind of annoyed uh, yeah I mean the Indians are never really a strike first team but Nick Swisher they did sign around the holidays uh, Edwin I want to say was about that time so we'll see what happens uh, in terms of this market there's just two guys out there that are perfect for this team right now. Corey Dickerson, who is the perfect platoon uh, mate for Jordan Leplo. You get those two guys together and you put them in right field, and you're going to get uh, all-star level production from that platoon. You're going to get exceptional production, and you're not going to have to pay uh, Dickerson a lot of money. He's, he's perfectly made for this team. He's a perfect player to add to the Cleveland Indians. If they are not ready to roll with Daniel Johnson, or maybe Daniel Johnson's eventually the uh, full-time option in terms of playing a left field, uh, man, that'd be such a waste of his arm. You'd almost rather have Luplo and Dickerson in right field with eventually uh, Johnson taking over in, uh, or put them in left with Johnson taking over in right because he's got probably the best, he has the best arm of anyone, I think, in the Indians' upper minors and on the major league team. But either way, I mean, Dickerson Luplo is going to give you high high production for a relative cheap cost um, you're letting them do what they each do best and what they both do best is murder one side of a platoon split uh, it's just it it makes too much sense to not do it uh cesar hernandez when you look at the fact there's almost no that middle infield market now that sogard signed and sogard's not exactly a spectacular talent to begin with let's be honest uh that is a very weak market there is not a whole lot there and Cesar Hernandez is just sitting out there as a guy who's going to be a, you know, around a league average second baseman with good running, good contact numbers, and uh, above average defense. Again, an ideal fit for the Cleveland Indians if they don't want to move um, 
Jose Ramirez over. And, you know, I've talked about some of those relief guys. I, I thought Trevor Rosenthal was an ideal guy for them to try and fix this offseason. He went to somewhere else on a minor league contract. I can't remember right now. And I went on in depth about some of the arms I'd like to see them pursue for the pen as the pen is still a little bit eh. But more than anything else, like, this Indians team needs to jump on Dickerson. The outfield's a disaster. You have Mercado, and you have Luplo as half of a platoon. I don't care what they're saying. Um, expecting him to go out and all of a sudden hit um, right-handers is just silly. That's not what he's done, and it's not what he's done for his minor league career. And, yeah, it, you know, you, you just put those two together, and you can make them your five-hitter and forget about it. Like, it's <laughs> you could conceivably... If everything's going right for the Indians, and you have Lindor one, um, Ramirez two, Sant- you know Mercado two, Ramirez three, Santana four, Luplo Dickerson five, and you just move on. I mean, personally, I'd put Roberto Perez six against uh, lefties, but uh, we'll see what the Indians do with everything else. But yeah, it's it's that's what frustrates me because again, this is a case of ideal fit. Not going to cost a ton of money. We, he's going to get less than Avicel Garcia got, which was two years, $20 million. And uh, it's just sitting right there, waiting for someone else to do it. So, yeah, there's, there's your headline. Um, Dolan, one of Dolan's most ardent supporters who has written, wrote an article once uh, that appeared on the old Dolan-owned network with the, the, not Fox Sports Ohio, whatever it was they were on. I can't remember now, you know, but we have to, that I titled, We Have to Talk About Your Lack of Attention or uh, Your Lack of Attendance. And, you know, just going right at Indians fans. And I've gone right at Indians fans over the last decade a lot of times about their terrible attendance. And again, that is an issue, but like, you can't defend this ownership group anymore. You just can't. Um, they're going to have to come out and like really show something for me to be anything other than well maybe they should I, I it it it's amazing to me that I am to the point where I'm like well maybe the Dolan should sell this team um the one thing I can because I mean I'm also the one for the longest time like they are far and away the best ownership in Cleveland they still might be because the Haslam's are an embarrassment and Dan Gilbert uh is too oh, trigger happy the one great thing about the Dolans I will say about Paul Dolan is uh his patience and his ability to stay the course um, one thing in sports we've seen is having a slow hand with management is often a good thing. So let's at least give credit where it's due. I'll end on a positive. Um, being very even-handed with that front office has been, you know, a smart decision. He's never even changed that front office. I believe all the pieces and parts he inherited. So how many owners who can own a team for this long? And ego alone would have caused them to to go out and change who's in charge or who's running things. So I will give credit there. So I mentioned former friends, Kyle Crockett today agreed to a minor league deal with the Tampa Bay, uh, with Tampa Bay, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, another one of those Virginia guys who just never quite panned out very quick to the, the majors. And that was the comment from the minute they drafted him. We'll see what, uh, if he, they don't really have any lefties behind former uh, Kent State pitcher Alex Chaffins, so uh, he'll probably end up in AAA. That's just being honest. And with the last bit of the show, let's discuss some of the rumors here. Mike Clevenger trade rumors. I I don't see it. The, the Indians pitching is now, yes, it's deep, but it's not sturdy. Um, 
you look at their AAA rotation, you're probably projecting Plesak, Logan Allen, Tristan McKenzie. These are all guys on the 40-man. Scott Moss, Sam Henkes. Like, like they've got five guys on the 40-man who could all start the year in AAA. Um, the problem is none of those guys are exactly settled. There was a Plesak, definitely came back to earth a bit last year, had a high high FIP. Uh, originally, I projected him with the Indians, but I didn't think about the fact that Plutko is out of options. Uh, you look at the team, it's like Plutko kind of overachieved last year. Um, I don't know. everyone. Saval is not going to repeat what he did. You feel good at the top, but after that, it's it's eh, good depth, but these are a lot of back-end arms. and Or like, you know, what's Carrasco going to be like? So the idea of trading Clevenger is, from that level is just moronic because it's not a team that's in a situation where now that Kluber is gone where you can feel very comfortable trading another one of your high-end pitchers. Two, you have massive years of control left. He's just entering arbitration for the first time. His arbitration number is under $5 million, so that's not even a large amount. And three, honestly, uh, he is the second most valuable trade asset on the Indians. And the first is not Lindor, it's Shane Bieber because he's got even more team control. The cost to acquire Clevenger should, I mean, it'd be astronomical. I don't. You're you're looking at a Chris Sale starting package for him because uh, you're getting all of those years of control for a guy who is clearly ascending at this point. So Clevenger trade rumors, just that. Yeah, after the Indians traded uh, Kluber, people were going to call and see, hey, what about him? And the Indians are never going to not listen, but zero percent chance. It's basically a team would have to come in and be like, okay, we want to make a be- terrible trade. Like, a team would have to come in knowing they're going to have to give up way too much uh, to even consider it, and it's not going to happen. This is teams asking. This is not the Indian shopping. As for the talk of Lindor and the Reds, now there is some talk about another three-teamer here, but I do think there are some things that make sense with the idea of Lindor to the Reds. One, the Reds uh, need a shortstop. They don't have really anyone there. Jose Iglesias is a free agent and uh you know the talk was they'd chase dd they did not chase dd they did not get dd um they might have chased him but they need a shortstop uh they're kind of gone all in at this point in time when you look at some of the moves and signings they have made uh in trades and they do have some interesting pieces nick sensel disappointed a little bit if we're being perfectly honest last year um while some other guys came in and had big debuts he was good but not great, while playing in an environment that's very hitter-friendly. Uh, I still believe in him. I'm still a big fan. Uh, you could just put him in put him in as the Indians' everyday second baseman and forget about it. In some respects, though, I actually think Sensel's value is down from a year ago. One, you have less control. And two, he was a below-average bat last year. I mean, the Reds in general had a lot of guys who just failed to hit. Um, heading into next year... You know, they went out and they added uh, Moustakis, who we assume is taking over second base. Uh, Maybe they try to move Eugenio Suarez around. I had some people ask, what about Lindor for Suarez? Suarez has more trade value than Lindor at this point because of the years of control on that contract. He also had 49 home runs last year, people. He's really, really good. Um, That's not happening. We're moving on from that. But uh, if we assume Moose is going to second base, that they project... You know, their center field, their outfield situation is a bit of a mess, if we're being perfectly honest. And we'll see what they do in terms of, uh, you know, their their pitching rotation is now set. That's one thing you can say. And their bullpen is very interesting. But offensively, this is a team that still needs some help. 
Um, just like I said, on the very basic level that you're probably looking at an outfield of what Sensel Winkler and uh, Orestes Aquino. Aquino definitely played over his head when he came up. He's not replicating that torrid pace. He's a good prospect, but not that good. Uh, I mean, if you're an Indians fan, it's like, what's what's more interesting is a tertiary piece like getting freddie galvis or going out and trying to sign jose iglesias to take over at short um if you make a deal like that the other guy to pay attention to you know jonathan india is the top prospect with the um cincinnati reds after well sensel's no longer a prospect india is the top prospect for the reds on their their top prospect lists really interesting guy is hit really well at every level um I think the Indians would be very much intrigued by Hunter Green, who unfortunately got hurt. Um, They love guys with big stuff, and Hunter Green looked like a generational talent when he was healthy. Uh, You look at the, you know, somebody like uh, Class A, who they just traded for. You look at the Ethan Hankins of the world. You look at this last year's draft class when they went out and got Daniel Espino. Uh, That's Hunter Green. You know, here's a six foot four. Uh, pitcher who would have been a first round pick as a shortstop and a first round and he he was the number one player on my board as a prep arm uh he ended up going second overall it's a potential 80 grade fastball slider and curve were both projected as potential plus pitches command uh change up was another one that was going to be a plus pitch and basically it was a front of the rotation starter board if you believe in your pitching development hunter green is a steal at this point because his stock is is down. So I think the Indians could be very much intrigued by the idea of, we know they like Sensel. When they talked about Bauer a year ago or Kluber, they were first asking for Sensel. Sensel is your centerpiece in any uh, conceived Lindor deal. I think Hunter Green definitely comes into play. Um, I like Jonathan India quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if the Indians do. I mean, there's there's a lot of good numbers to, to want to get behind him. His wins created plus values are, are high. The walk rate is high. I I loved him coming out of college. I was not big on him entering his junior year, but he just and he turned into the most dangerous hitter in the most dangerous conference. He does a bit of everything. He's not the biggest tools guy. He's just more of a production guy. And sometimes it's a dangerous profile. Um, just because he's really hasn't been challenged yet. When you've been the most polished guy at every level, that just sets you up to succeed um, when you're facing guys a lot lower. I, I still like India, though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Green, I, I I think, again, right in the Indians, especially because they're so good at development. Like He could be truly, truly special. Uh, Tyler Stevenson is a catcher prospect. It'd be interesting if they did a three-team deal. And you flipped Stevenson maybe with another piece to the Pirates for uh, Marte. That's the situation. You know, the Pirates are looking for catching depth. And Stevenson's a double-A, you know, one of the top catching prospects in the game. And of course, let's talk about the other thing we have to talk about with Nick Senzel. It was a disappointing year, but he also had labrum surgery in September. That hurts his stock even more because the Indians have had... Um, some experience with labrum injuries um we've seen brantley we've seen uh, in the minors matthias and krieger and those are not quick recoveries those are not things that we typically come uh, a guy comes back from and it's it, typically we see some power sap with that um 
So that makes his value even a little bit more of a, uh, you know, coming back from that surgery is something we're going to have to to pay attention to uh, if the Indians were to acquire him and realize that happened and that that is going to make him likely to be um, not as strong as a performer as he could be. It is his second year, so you're hoping for improvement, especially because, you know, you're looking at a night, basically a 90W uh, runs created plus with the league average being 100. So again, that below average bat. Uh, so you have to believe in prior performance. He is definitely the one uh, that, that he's the only centerpiece that makes sense. If the Reds are reluctant to move India and him again, I think t- uh, Hunter Green makes a, an absolute ton of sense. And I think one of those underrated things too about the Red system is it's, you know, at the top, it, it's, they have a lot of pieces because they've been so bad. Um, maybe not the nicest way to phrase it, but they've had multiple top 10 picks. You know, Sensel, top 10 pick. India, uh, Nick, uh, not Ludlow, Ladolo. Um, India, even Tyler Stephenson, Stevenson was like 11th or 12th overall. They're, they have a lot of high picks. There's the pieces to make this trade work. There's the pieces where, like I said, the Indians could... Maybe get Sensel and get some pieces that they flip to get Marte because of catching depth and the Pirates needing catching in particular. Um, There's a way that this does make a lot of sense for the Indians. Um, I dream of a a world where the Indians could somehow get Green, Sensel, Stevenson, and then use Stevenson and then internal prospect depths to go out and get Marte. So you could have... uh, then you don't have to go out and sign Dickerson, Indians. See, I've, I fixed your issues for you. You have Marte, um, likely in left. Center field, you keep Mercado. Right field, you can do your Leplo experiment until you feel like putting Daniel Johnson up there. Uh, Senzel at second base. Third base is uh, Jose Ramirez. Maybe you try him at short. I don't know. Uh, first base, you've got your Santana... And then Fran Millet, DH, Catcher Perez. And then you have to go out there and try and sign someone on the market, a Jose Iglesias. Uh, maybe you were able to get Freddie Galvis in the deal, and he fills in a short for the time being. One of the big issues for the Indians, essentially, at this point, is depending on what you think of Tyler Freeman, they don't have anyone at shortstop coming up through the minors. Um, Yu Chen Chang is about as good as it gets. Uh, they don't have that depth to, to make it an easy transition if they move on from Lindor, which is one of the reasons to frankly not trade him. Um, you're hoping that Ty Freeman is going to get to double A at some point this year, and then maybe you feel a little more comfortable about him uh, taking over at short. But a big reason to not trade Lindor at this point is just because their lack of depth. I think the Reds are a legitimate team for this. I think they make sense. I think that uh, they are in position to go for it. A lot of years being crappy has allowed them to build up quite the war chest, and now they're going for it. So, yeah, count the Reds in. I think the Reds, like the Dodgers, like the Mets, those are teams you can put together a legitimate, realistic package in a one-on-one trade. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank you for rating and reviewing, doing all the fun. Since I missed yesterday, I went a little long today. Um, I hope you enjoy the uh, the frustration, the trade talks, and the rumors, along with the breaking news we've had. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully the Indians will do something that can get me a little excited over the holiday. The podcast is going to be um, a little different over the holiday. It is not going to be every day. There will not be one up on Christmas. And because I am traveling on the road, I'm going to try the high-quality audio recorder on my phone, and we'll see how that goes. So I'm going to apologize ahead of time. 
I don't really believe it's HD quality recording. We'll see. But at the end of the day, talking to the, the fans out there, it sounds like you'd rather have low quality sound than nothing at all. So I will definitely get out there and try to get that done. Um, it's probably going to be maybe two, three episodes a week uh, next week and likely the week after. So as always, thank you for listening and go tribe. <laughs>